0: But I I love the music at youth, and I really want to encourage Sam and what he's doing. Um, The music. I think it's just going to get better and better. So if you've got some musical skill or you can sing, I want to tell you, just start saying, Sam, what can I do to help you? What can I do to be part of this? Because it's the music and the worship that actually launches uh, great things in God. So I want to encourage you to be part of it. Don't just come to youth and go, oh, I'm sad today. Just let the worship uh, touch you, and God will touch you in that, and God will lift you out of the poo or the or whatever you want to call it, and speak. Put your feet on something solid and you'll have an awesome life just by discovering how to worship God. That's what's so amazing about worship. It's not something you do before the preacher. It it does something in your life. But I want to prophesy today over our youth ministry that breakthrough is coming and young people's lives are going to be set on fire for God. And some of those people are already here, but there's going to be many, many more. And I believe that we're going to see a day where, where every young person in Port Lincoln is going to know about us He's going to know about one youth, is going to want to be here, is going to um, be saying, how do we get that? Uh, how do we be a part of that? And, um, and I just see that this place will be way too small because there's just going to be so many young people. And you guys are here on the, the ground floor, so to speak. And I want to encourage you, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, what you think about yourself, get over the, the issues of life, put your wheels onto God's track and just give him your very best and you can achieve anything in life. Yeah. So, a little bit about me. Who wants to hear about me? Yeah. Ah, well, I'll tell you all about you, but I don't know all about you. I only know about me. But I went to tech school, and that meant that that we... Th- this was high school. Now, instead of high school, I went to a tech school, because all the, all the dumb kids had to go to tech school, and all the smart ones had to go to high school. And I qualified for tech school, so I had to go to tech. And that was... They, they called them... Uh, a a technical school instead of a high school and so we did things like engineering we did carpentry we did building we did sheet metal work uh, we did cooking which we called home economics I don't know what that was supposed to be but we did home economics and I remember we, we also did textiles which was like sewing and I was the only person in my year who got my sewing license revoked I got, I got my sewing license revoked because a friend of mine had this awesome idea. When we, we, at the end of every day, you had to pack up everything, and you had to put covers on your sewing machine and put the little, the little pedal that, you, that drives the sewing machine, you had to put that in the drawer. And so my friend Jeff said to me, hey, look at this, a funny idea. He put the chair leg on the pedal and put the cover on the sewing machine, and it was like... And and I thought, that's a great idea. But anyway, he, he put it away before the end of class. And I thought, well, I'm going to leave mine like that. That was a, that's a really funny idea. So we did that. And then before we were allowed to leave, the teacher like, has us all all sitting there nicely and waiting to, to be released. And then you could hear this. And so the teacher says, who did that? And I'm thinking, oh, well, I'll just say nothing. And... Um, She's like, she's getting really angry. She's getting really upset. She's demanding. No, i thinking it's just a sewing machine, just a little bit of fun. You know, something about teachers is they don't know what fun is. Well, they didn't in those days. And so she's getting really, really angry. And then this one kid, Steve, um, Ray, his name was, he suddenly puts his hand up and said, well, I did it, miss, because he didn't want to stay in class long. So he thought, he'll take the rap. <laughs> he'll get the punishment. But I knew in our school, if you let that happen, that... I will be punished, but a lot more severely than if the teacher had done it. So I said, no, no, it was me. And so he says, no, it was me, miss. I said, no, it was me. It was really me, miss. And then he said, oh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't me. It was him because I just wanted to get out of class early and take the rap. So that was tech school. That was that was textiles. It was great fun. But anyway, I, I was never allowed to use a sewing machine again after that. But I learned a lot of bad things in school about what not to do. So I hope that you can learn what not to do and have a better school life. But um, one of the things that we did is, uh, we we did woodwork and carpentry and all this, and I I had to do, one of our projects was build a coffee table. Are you interested in these stories or not? Yeah, okay. I had to build a coffee table, and so I I was so keen and eager so I just like doing this the, these subjects so I, I was into this coffee table and I remember you know rushing and getting all the parts all together you had to make the legs and the top and then the top was tiled that was a sort of the in thing in the 1970s you, you have tiles on the top of your of your, your table and uh, I had us all going and I was like rushing ahead and I had my legs ready I had my, my base ready and the top ready and all this and so I thought, I'm so advanced in this that uh, I was ahead of everyone else in the class. And I was so impatient to put it all together that one day when we, we got back into class, I decided I'm going to put my table together. And so I put it together and glued it, and glues everywhere, and, and I'm trying to you know just bang it together with, with a, a mallet and stuff like that. But I didn't ask anyone's help or how to do it. And then when the teacher saw it, he got really angry because I glued it all together like a week or so before everyone else. So I thought, I'm going to be such a hero because my table's made. And then the next week we came back, the glue's dried and it's all done. But it was all wonky. And I remember the teacher saw it and he got so angry at me. He's like, well, why did you do that? And I'm thinking, oh, well, I, I thought I could do it. I thought I knew what I was doing. But my intention was to beat the class. But I stuffed it up. And to make matters worse, the teacher was really angry with me and he made an example of of my my wonky table and he wouldn't let me fix it. He just said, no, that's how you made it, that's how it's going to stay. I'm going to mark it the way it is. Legs were all twisted and wonky. But when the teacher uh, did that, I, I... I didn't wait for instructions because that very next week he showed the class how to clamp it together and how to square it all up so they had straight legs, not not wonky ones. But I thought I knew, but I didn't. And hasty shortcuts that you make in life might, might look like they put you in front, but you can be left being wrong. So you might think, well, I'm pretty smart. I can do this. I'm miles ahead in relationships. Look at my boyfriend. Look at my girlfriend. I'm so far ahead of the rest of you. Look at, look at my life. But you know what? They can, be, they can be, I'm not saying all the time, they can be hasty shortcuts and you're just stuffing up your future. You're, you're gluing things together that are going to stick that you can't undo and it's going to ruin your future. And you can do that, I'm just picking on relationships just as a thing. But it can be in any area of life, that, but instruction is so important. And we're going to look at some Bible things in a minute. But I've ruined a coffee table and I don't want you to ruin your life the same way. So there's one thing to make a mistake. I I lost my sewing license and never got it back again. And I saw all the other kids making cool stuff and I was only allowed to use a needle and thread and somehow it's just not the same. And you don't want to be going backwards in life when you've achieved something in God to have it taken off you because you're, you're, you're wasting what God's given you. And that's a controversial thing. People argue with me about that comment I just made, but I believe it's true. But there are so many issues that we face as young people and having a Christian worldview can be very hard to live. And I know I grew up, I guess I wasn't a real great Christian, but I went to church and I believed in the Lord and I know it was a challenge to live with a Christian worldview in a world that doesn't share that view. That view. But uh, there are all kinds of challenges and questions we have as young people today. I'm just going to go through some things. I'm not going to try and answer these things. But but some of the things that, that will challenge you are some of these issues I'm going to just touch on. That when you're a believer in Jesus, when you're a Christian, your view will be different to what the rest of the world has about these subjects. Subjects like abortion. So the world will say it's like this. But when you believe in God... The Bible tells us that God knew you. God knows every little tiny uh, baby that's that's first formed as a baby. That, that, Like David said, you knew me in my mother's womb. You knit me together. You formed me. So God, in that scripture, it tells us that God knows the tiny little embryo. And that's a baby. That's a human. So we can't just destroy that. But abortion says you can. Another one is like evolution. A lot of people say, oh, well, I can't believe in God because of evolution. I'm thinking if you believe in evolution, you need a lot more faith than what there is to believe in God. And so don't make that an argument in your life because if you understand it, if you look at it and really research it, evolution is impossible. Another one, climate change. You know, we can't change these things. Some people say it's happening. Some people say it doesn't happen. Some people believe in it. Some people say it's nonsense. And we're left in the middle saying, well, I don't know. Other things like euthanasia, saying, well, when someone's too sick or they've got life problems, well, we'll just give them an injection and just let them die. Save the world, the hassle. You know, I believe that every human life should be cared for and loved and looked after, whether they can communicate or whether they can't that you know, it's not our place to say your life will end right now. But these, these are issues that the world faces. Um, stuff like refugees. What should we do with refugees? The Bible tells us what we should do with refugees. We won't go into that today, but we should look after them, love them, welcome them, and bless them. And I believe it. when we show them Christ's love like that, whatever, whatever they believed before, they will see the reality of God and they'll change what they believe. If we do it right, there's uh, sex and relationships. The world says lots of stuff. What about gay marriage? You know, there's all these challenges that we have today as a church, as believers. Um, there's cigarettes, drugs, alcohol, uh, all, all these things that, that we will face. It will come at us at some point in our life. What about um, the nonsense of, of uh, gender equality? Oh not not equality, what I'm trying to think of the right word, gender neutrality. Basically you're just neutral. The world's saying you should just be neutral. You're not a boy or a girl. I mean that's just nonsense. That is just ridiculous. If you want to know what what gender you are, it's quite simple. Ask your mother. (laughs) But another really important factor that we don't get fed very much about, really, is the supernatural. Some people believe in it and some people don't. I believe as a believer that I live in a supernatural world, that we have a supernatural God, that we can expect things that can't happen naturally to happen supernaturally when Jesus gets involved in our life. We call those things miracles. Some people go searching in all the wrong places. Some people, I remember my friend, that, that friend Jeff, who got me in trouble with the, with, with the sewing machine, his idea. I took it over. I lost my license. Well, see, Jeff and I, we used to go searching for the supernatural. We used to go to the, to, to the, to the graveyards at night. Go into the graveyard and, and be all, Bob, oh, oh, we're going to go there, we're going to go get it this time, and then go, go right into the graveyard, then in the middle of it, suddenly be gripped by panic and run out as fast as we can, get to get out of there. But we're looking for something spooky, looking for something that, that is, is, is supernatural. But looking in, in a graveyard for supernatural things just gets you scared. I don't know why, but we're petrified. Then we go, oh, never doing that again. Let's go back. But I'm not going to try and give you answers to all of those things that I mentioned. There's many, many other things. um, Except to say, in every generation, God seeks out people. He seeks out young people, just like you, that will know his word and live radical, gutsy Christianity. Radical, gutsy faith that does something with what God's word says and lets that change your spirit, change your heart, change your life and then you go around and changing the outcomes for other people. That's what God is wanting to see in people. See, it's God's plan that when you follow Jesus that we get the right instructions to build our lives right and not all wonky, not all wonked up. And I'll tell you, I I want to see you succeed, I want to see you thrive, I want to see you um, young people full of faith and power and the right things in life that can cause you to live with a, a purpose and a direction that is unstoppable. Just like the song we sung with God's love is unstoppable. Can I have the first slide please? Ephesians 4 verse 14 to 16 says this, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with with lies, so clever they sound like the truth. I've just mentioned a lot of these things that the world's view on a lot of these issues. They, it sounds clever, but they're actually lies. And instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And I want to see one youth be a place, a body like that, that is fit together strongly, where people know where they belong. Each part does its own special work. And it helps the other parts to grow. That's why it's so important to be involved in, in church, to be involved in a youth group, because it helps you grow and you help somebody else grow. So you can't say, well, well, I'll, just, I'll, I'll be there this week. I might be there for two weeks. Then I'll be away for four weeks. Then I'll come back another week. You won't grow like that. But God wants you to grow. I'm getting excited today. I'm not scaring you, am I? Should I take my batteries out and go on three batteries? But being part of a church and belonging to a youth group is one way to make good choices and have good people around you that bring out your potential. Because you have a special work and you help other people, You help others to find their, their work. And you help other people grow. That's the most amazing thing that I find about, about what God says about us is, James, you could be helping somebody else grow. Ebony, you could be making somebody helping somebody else grow, or you could be um, not growing yourself and isolating yourself and actually fur, fur, uh, falling further and further behind, and you're thinking you're ahead of the pack, putting together something that isn't going to work and going to give you a low grade. You don't want that. Proverbs let's see I nah, thank you. Proverbs 12: 25 and 26. It says worry weighs a person down, an encouraging word cheers a person up. The godly give good advice to their friends, and the wicked lead them astray. You've got, to, you've got to think carefully in life about who your friends are and who you're listening to. It says worry weighs a person down. Have you ever, I remember once I was with my brother, I love telling stories of life. I was with my brother John, and we're out in a pine forest firing off guns. And we're, we're shooting shotguns and rifles and, and 303s and all sorts of stuff. And then this little light aeroplane goes. And I'm like, the aeroplane? my brother says to me, oh, that'll be the Rangers. They'll be, they'll, be, they'll be watching what we were doing. They'll know that we're here. We're not allowed to be in here. And he goes, oh, they'll probably be calling the police. They would have seen us. They would have seen the car. They would have noticed we're shooting guns. And I'm like, John, they're probably just flying, random. Who knows who they are? And, but the thing is, his negativity caused me to start to panic. And I start to pack up guns I start to try and hide the evidence of the things that we've been shooting and, and all this. But worry weighs a person down. But it says, an encouraging word cheers a person up. And we all need to have someone in our life, or lots of someone who can cheer us up. Anyone can tell you that, that, that things are bad. Anyone can tell you who doesn't like you. Anyone can tell you about what they don't like about you. But you know what? You need to have people, if you want to grow spiritually and grow strong and not wonky, you need to have at least one person in your life who says, you know what? You're good. You know what? God's got a purpose for your life. And sometimes, even in a youth group or in a church, you don't find too many people who can do that. But we need to be and choose to be the people who do that for someone else. It says, the godly give good advice to their friends, but the wicked lead them astray. You know I, 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 you know, I mentioned a little story, but I still would say, hey, someone led me astray when I lost my license, when I lost my sewing license. Somebody, I'm not going to mention his name right now, but he led me astray. He said, this is a fun idea, do this. He gave me enough information to, to do it, but I was the one who lost my license. You know what? I never, ever, ever got it back. To this day, I'm still not allowed to use a sewing machine. But worry wears people down. And too many young people are weighed down in life due to worry and fears that usually never happen. And one of the greatest fears that we have is what other people are thinking or what other people are saying. And that can really cripple people. I know people who move schools, uh, go, to, go to other, other schools and, and all things like that because they fear what they think other people are saying. And it can a- absolutely cripple us emotionally. But be the person in the group that has good advice and you're the one who is that person. And you can choose to be that person, to say, I'm going to be the one who brings good advice to my friends. But how to make a difference in the world full of trouble and confusion. Proverbs 4 verse 25. Can we have that one? Uh, yeah, that's it. It says, Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So if you want to make the world around you a better place, it starts by having your own purpose in life sorted out. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's the first platform. We're a church. That's what we talk about. That's who we believe in. That's who we want to to know more is Jesus. Decide if you're following Jesus, follow Jesus, not just on Sundays and Jesus and everything else all the rest of the week. I want you to decide, I'm going to follow Jesus. I want to experience God. I want to, I want to make the most out of my life because the reality is, is one day every single human being, whether they believe in God or not, will face God face to face. And he's going to say, what did you do with my son? What did, did you believe in Jesus? And sadly, many people say, well, I thought he was a fairy tale or I thought it was just, you know, just a story, but I didn't really do anything. It's a sad, a sad place to be. But I'm amazed, especially among kids who grow up blessed in church and turn to the vomit of the world or to the things of the world that that has to offer. And I'm thinking, you should know better but you know the devil is a schemer and a liar and a cheater and he'll make you say, hey, run ahead, make that wonky table, you can do it, you know. But he's a a liar, a schemer and a cheat and he will lie to you and make you think that you're a winner and that you're ahead of the pack, but you're going to end up with a wonky table that isn't going to be worth anything. Don't let sin damage your personality that you feel God wouldn't want you anyway. Because that's one of the greatest things the devil does. He causes, he'll causes, he tempt you into sin. He'll make it look so awesome. He'll make it look so wonderful and make it look so uh, good for you. Then when you get into that place and you know that you've done wrong, then the devil will speak to you and say, God hates you. Don't go to church, they don't love you. Don't don't listen to anything they've got to say because God doesn't like you after what you've just done. See, the enemy will tempt you. He'll cause you to, to think about things you shouldn't think about. You'll look at things you shouldn't look at. You'll do things you shouldn't do. And then the devil will say, look at you, filthy, rotten sinner. God doesn't love you. You can't go to church. You know what? I want to tell you something. The worse sinner you are, the more you need to be in church. And I don't, I don't care if we have a church full of people who are sinners because they're going to the place where they're going to get better. Here's a quote from me. Where you are tomorrow depends on what you commit to today. If you want to have a good future, commit to Jesus. And I can guarantee you if you commit yourself to Jesus, you will have an incredible tomorrow. If you want to have a, an uncertain tomorrow don't commit to jesus just keep living however you feel and you'll end up somewhere where you may regret greatly who and what you become but if you commit to god to serving him putting your future in his hands as your for, as your first choice you'll always land well you'll always land well you know, like it's a story of that about a cat. You ever seen YouTube, I've looked it up, and they get a cat and they try and drop it, but they hold it upside down and drop it, and it always lands on its feet. You want to be a cat, spiritually. I mean, I don't even like cats, but <laughs> one thing about cats that is good is they land on their feet. So no not matter how they try and turn it upside down and then let it go, it'll always land on its feet. You need to be the person in your spirit that says, no matter what the world throws at me, no matter what the devil tries to do to me, I'm going to land on my feet because I'm focused on Jesus and I'm not going to, I'm not going to land somehow land on my head or something. And I guess in life you would have noticed already that there are some people who just land wrong all the time. You would know those people, don't mention their names right now, but you would know people who always seem to be landing wrong. They make a mistake and then they make it worse. They, they, they make a mistake and then you think, well, instead of saying, oh, oh, I've made a mistake, they try and cover it up, they try and uh, compensate for it, they try and do something else to cover up the mistake and they're actually making it worse. So they're, 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 landing, they're landing badly, and then make it even worse. They have a problem, but by their choices, they, uh, the problems get bigger. You don't need to live like that. You don't want to live like that. You want to have your problems having solutions and your life getting better, not problems getting bigger. See, we aren't born into the world set loose with no reason for being here, and no instructions. Some people say, yeah, but I just wish life had instructions. You know something? Oh, where's my Bible? Life has instructions. Amen. God's not invisible. God's not this, this cosmic force who just said, well, I'm going to create this world. I'm going to set it all in motion. Then I'm going to disappear and leave them to it. He didn't do that. He said, I'm going to give you every every uh, available resource To help you to succeed and if you'll just apply yourself to what's in this book. It's a life manual. And you know sometimes I, I remember as a young person thinking well you know I don't know could God really use me I'm insecure. Uh, I, I'm fearful, um, I, I, I do silly things to try and get people to like me, I'm, I'm all these things. And I remember hearing in a youth meeting one night the, the, the pastor talking about, if you'll just read your Bible and pray, God will do amazing things. And I thought, that's too easy. So, and I didn't do it for years and years. And then somehow along the line I thought, well, I'm just going to try. And I'm reading the Bible, I think I, I, I would have had more fun chewing glass. I think, I don't understand this. sort of weird. But little by little, somehow, I I don't know how God does it, but somehow if you just do it, God will begin to show you things through his word that mean something in your spirit that you can't work out in your head. And as a young person, I started to do that. I'm, I'm going, wow, look what I just saw. Can't believe what the Bible actually says. And so when there's issues coming up in my life, I go, I remember I just read about that, so now I know what to do. And as a pastor, I just, when when situations arise and things happen, I just go, I know what the Bible says. This is what we should do. Especially in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, the story in the story is not the story, it's what you see in the back of the story that's the story, if you can understand that. But God is seeking out young people that would know his word and live radical and gutsy Christianity. I, don't, I tell you, I don't want to know it when you're saying, oh, life sucks for me. Get over it. You live in Australia. You're in one of the most blessed places in the world. Get on with it. There's, there, you know, there's amazing things in Australia, in, in, in the United States, in New Zealand, there's peop, young people all, all over the place. You know, with huge, we've got, in, in those three countries, we have huge suicide rates because people are hearing the wrong voices all the time because, because I didn't get the right stuff, I didn't get the right mark, oh, I, don't, I don't know what people are talking about me and they get this whirlwind of depression and a spirit gets on them of death. And they think, the only way out is if I die. You know something? God wants you to live. God's created you to live. And I find there's people in slums in in India, people in slums in, in the Philippines, people in the slums in Africa, and they're saying, I just want to do everything I possibly can to survive and get out of this. So there's a spiritual warfare for the lives of young people, and you've got to be snatching young people out of the jaws of death out of the jaws of Satan's trap and lies and saying, you've got something to live for. God's seeking young people that will know his word and live radical and gutsy Christianity. God wants you to live radical and gutsy. It's God's plan that when you, when you follow Jesus, we get the right instructions to build our lives right and not wonky. God wants you to build life right. He doesn't want you to be left with a wonky table. The saddest thing for me and you can really feel for me now is the teacher wouldn't let me fix the mess that I made. I said, oh, well, sir, can I undo it? He says, no, you're going to leave it how it is. You have to live with it now. That's, we're not going to let you change it. It's just done. Because you didn't listen. He's trying to make an example of me. But tonight, can I just have some music, please, Sam? I want you to know I made a wonky coffee table that the teacher wouldn't let me fix. And I don't want you to blunder through these years of your life, the best years of your life. You know what? People say the best years of your life when you're a teenager. I tell you, every day that you're alive is the best years. So I'm 51. It's the best years now. When I was 18, it was the best years for then. When I was 24, it was the best years then. Every day you're alive is the best years if you choose to say, God, I'm giving my years to you. I'm giving my time to you. I'm giving my energy to you. And whether you join the army, whether you become a carpenter, whether you become a nurse, or whether you become a singer, or whatever it is that is in you to become, you're saying, God, I'm giving it to you. You're going to have the best years every year of your life. It's not like, oh, you got the best years then. When, when you when you become an adult, then, oh. It's all down from there. No, I'm still rising. I'm still loving life. I'm still enjoying myself. There's still more that I can that I can experience and do. And it's not skydiving. But don't blunder through the, the years of your life and give yourself a wonky life. Now, I've made a bit of a joke about the wonky coffee table. That doesn't matter. But one thing I don't want to do is, is have the, the mark in heaven I had the teacher mark my wonky coffee table and gave me a crummy mark because it was all wonky. But when I stand before God, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, because your life was aligned. Your life was good. Your life was strong. Your life had purpose. Your life was was fulfilling everything that I had put in you. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you want to hear. That's what you want to live for. So you You can fix it, but you need others around you. Some people can teach you a thing or two, and others will need you to teach them a thing or two. We need each other. No need to live a wonky life. You have a choice today to say, Where is my life going to be? When I'm 15, when I'm 18, when I'm 20, when I'm 24. There's only one decision. It's not really hard. I know life's got lots of decisions, but the, the one decision that you need to make every day is, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to give myself to Jesus again today. I'm going to live for God. When you have that life perspective, you can handle any challenge. So I'll give you just two things and, and I want to pray for you tonight so perhaps if we can turn some lights down maybe, give us some privacy but I want to build into your life the principles from God or oh, I want you to build, sorry I want you to build into your life principles from God because they work and God loves you and God wants to see you succeed and God wants to see you blessed God wants to see you prospering and that's not all about stuff we sometimes hear all these words and think oh God's going to give me all all the things I've ever wanted. What all those words are about is having peace in your heart and a knowledge that you're okay and that you're accepted by God. When you live like that, you don't, it doesn't matter what other people say or do around you or to you because you're accepted by God. And the second thing you need, not if you make a mistake, when you make mistakes, ask for help. Be willing to take things apart that you've set wrong. Now, I know I made the mistake and I put that table together, but what I really wanted to do was for someone to say, well, pull it apart and we'll put it back together. I didn't get that opportunity, poor old me. But you have that opportunity with your life to say, I've set some things wrong, but we're here to help you to unglue it and set it straight. And set it right and set it strong. But you, I want you to, I want the other thing I want you to do is to support your youth group. Support your youth leaders, Josh and Sam and Carlos and who else's leaders here. Support them. Strengthen them. Get on with what God is doing here. And God will amaze you with what He wants to do with you. God will amaze you with what he wants to do with you. Because in all of it, he's passionate and he's in love with you and he wants to see your eyes. Leah, God wants to wants to cause you to, to do amazing things. So some people think it's, I'm not saying this about you, Leah, but some people, they, they think that going off the rails is, is sort of somehow teaching their parents something. They go, well, my parents didn't give me a good example, so now I'm, I'm going to mess up. How does that work? Maybe your mum and dad are messed up, but then when you mess up, then you're messed up. That's double mess up. What What you have to come to terms with is say, God, you've given me a life. Some stuff I don't understand, some stuff I don't like, some stuff I'm embarrassed about. I was so embarrassed about my family, my parents. They didn't give me a great example of how to be a man of God. They actually did everything that would be opposite that. Can I give you some examples? My dad would say, you, you can't go to church anymore. That's it. you never go to that church ever again. So we still go to church. And then, then he'd say, well, if you're going to go to church, well, you're not allowed to give them anything. You're not allowed to give them any offerings, no money. Don't give that church any money. So he banned us from, from giving offerings at church. So things like that, And you think, well, how is that helping us to grow? And I can't say, well, because my dad banned me, oh, I couldn't go to church anymore. I just had to say, well, you know, I didn't know all that much. I didn't come from a great, you know, encouraging family, but I just knew that God was putting his finger on my life and I'd go to meetings like this and I'd be sitting there in the back, you know, trying to be funny, trying to make people like me and and doing crazy things. And, and, And the preacher would start preaching and Something would come on me and the Holy Spirit would speak. And I hardly, hardly got any confidence at all. And God would say, you're going to preach one day. It's the last thing I ever wanted to do was stand in front of people and talk. And when I did have the chance to do it, I'd, I'd muck it up so completely. And somehow or other, that's how God works. And He'll take you out of your, out of the pooper. He'll take you right out of that and He'll set you on solid rock and start to accomplish the most wildest, amazing things in your life. Why don't we just stand to our feet perhaps um, as, as the music plays. I love laying hands on people and praying for, for, for people to receive a, an impartation from God and we'll ask Josh and and um, perhaps Joe can help us tonight and... and um, Gemma can help us too. We're going to pray for people who who desire that. And and there's no judgment here. There's no, no, oh, wow, I wonder what what they're coming out for prayer for. Now, what we're responding to whenever we come out to prayer is saying, God, I just need help. You know, maybe you've messed up, maybe you're not messed up, maybe you just think, I just really want to do something with my life for God. Then I'm going to ask you to come forward and I'll I'll pray with you, Josh will pray with you. we joke and pray with you. We're just going to say, pray over you that you can fix up the wonky things in your life. That maybe you don't mess up in the future. But whatever, we, we just want to help you to get in line for the blessing that God has for your life. And to set yourself to help others. And to allow yourself to let others help you. When you live like that, you'll have a great life. And you'll be great people in the house of God. So Sam, you want to just keep playing on just to ask people to come. And uh, we'll just love to pray with you. So just come quickly and uh, we won't even ask you any questions. We'll just, just pray for you as you come.